Lois Power has been humbly serving the children and families of Johnson Street for the past 15 years. Ministry in itself is difficult, but being a woman in ministry presents its own set of unique challenges. Add to that ministry a focus on children and families, and you have yourself a voyage of discovery. But as French novelist Marcel Proust says, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. In a moment, we'll talk with someone who has these new eyes to see our children for who they are and our families for what they could be in this week's Staff Spotlight. I'd like to begin by just asking you to tell us who you are, introduce yourself, and tell us how long you've been working here and uh, going here, or maybe those things started at the same time. But just give us a little bit more history about who you are. Well, I grew up in San Angelo, but I never attended church at Johnson Street until 2004. We moved back to San Angelo and started attending, actually in 2003, and I came on board as the children's minister in 2004. So I have 14 years, July 1st. I'm starting my 15th year of ministry here, July 1st. You've been here for 15 years. It'll be 15 you're years. You're technically, year. technically, you're the longest serving staff member on the church staff. Is that right? Yes. I mean, Brian's been here, the associate minister has been here a little longer with other roles, but as far as staff on the church. Right. right. I've been in the same role for 14 years come July 1. I'll be starting my 15th year. You have your own personal parking spot. I mean, have they done anything <laughs> nice like that? No, but I do. I do actually have the same place that I park every day. And it's funny because when I look on Google, I can see or find your friends. You can see my car parked out there. Yeah, it's when you know you've been there a long time. Because <laughs> they don't update every they update every twelve years, Lois. <laughs> okay, so so children's ministry is kind of difficult, but we'll get to that a little later. Okay. I want to know, and I, the people here want to know, what is it? What does it look like to be in your shoes to do the the job that you do? Because um, you're not just a children's minister; you're also the minister to our women, and 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 I would even say to our young families, right? Yes. You could say that, I mean, because that's what you do. Yes. So tell us, what do you do every day? Every day. Okay, well, I do a lot of administrative things. So the basics that people know about, you know, I recruit teachers. I do have excellent coordinators that now help with that. But I recruit teachers. I look at curriculum and how it fits into the scope and sequence of what we're trying to accomplish. I train uh, teachers and, of course, my team, communicate with families, provide and write policy for how we handle certain things that may or may not come up, you know, in the children's ministry and area. I also spend a lot of my time counseling with women, and, and I do spend a lot of my time getting to know families and I go to ball games and gymnastics meets, and I text people when their kids are having cheerleading tryouts, see how they're doing, and so I spend a lot of time really just in relationship with the families, with the children, and with the women. 
Okay. So you have a women's Bible class, typically? I do. And I have had a Tuesday morning women's Bible class. I think I started that in 2006. So I think it's been 11 going on 12 years. And that is one of the most important things I feel like I have been able to do here is just have that time that I can mentor those younger women. We meet regularly. It's been a, a place where that women who are stay-at-home moms or that have flexible schedules could get to know other women. We sometimes study the Bible. We sometimes talk about parenting and struggles there and ideas of how to maneuver. We talk a lot about marriage and being a servant. And so that's been yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and you've you've kind of identified the fact that it's not just the kids that you need to be talking to. I mean, because you have parents who who need need that transformation and learning and kind of pastoring, just like the kids. I think that's an insight that God gave me early on, that the best way that I could take care of the kids is to take care of their parents. Yeah. And that's the direction that I went, and then it's the best of both worlds. You know, the idea of influence continues to pop up whenever you think about what we do here and and how some people will say that this time that their kids spend in church is enough. <laughs> and when you think about the amount of time we have in church with our kids as opposed to every day at home and other areas of our kids, it is nowhere near equal. You know, what, 53 hours maybe a year if, you're, if you go to, to church an hour a week as opposed to the you know, other 3,000 plus hours that you actually have with your kids apart from work and sleeping. So so I think what you're saying is right, that if you can encourage your parents and your moms to take that time and spend with them, that's 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 huge. Kind of cuts your work in half, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. And even in the early years, we did what we would call family not tool chest. And we would teach the parents how to have devotionals with their kids at home and give them ideas. And that was really a lot of fun. But, you know, our, um, our tagline for our ministry is cementing God's truth into faith in Christ. But we have to also remember to set the right expectation with the parents that we are a volunteer organization. And we are here to support and to sure up what they're being taught by their parents at home. We don't want anyone to believe that our goal is for them to delegate the spiritual nurture of their children. We just want to support what they're already doing as the primary people in their life that are teaching them spiritual truths. And that's our role. Yeah. So you've been here for about 15 years, and there's been a lot of changes but when it comes to the way that you minister to your kids, when it comes to the way that you teach and, and kind of the tools you use, how have you seen the, the whole ministry f change? How have you seen it change? Well, there have been a lot of changes. I mean, some of those really important principles are still there, that the kids need love, first of all. They need to feel like we want them here and they have a place to belong. So those things are still the same. 
it's still true that we're investing in the children for things that are going to, fruits that are going to maybe show up later. So all those things are still the truth. But the main thing is that families in general have changed in the amount of time that I've been here. The degree of busyness has escalated and the amount of expectation that the world puts on families, especially on kids. So I think one of the things that has really been evident to me is just even having the space in your week to come to church. What I'm finding is that parents are so busy with their job and they're so busy with their kids and extracurricular activities, homework, things of that nature, that something's got to give. And sometimes what ends up being pushed to the side is their spiritual development because in some ways it's optional. You know, it's kind of like that bill that doesn't have to be paid, so it doesn't have sometimes the same sense of urgency. I've seen that, that parents are just struggling and kids with uh, having time in their schedule. And we need to help our parents and kids understand that it has to be a priority, that they can control their time, but they've got to put the priorities in first and then build everything else around it. But I think the main thing is that kids are different. You know, the way that they learn is not different, but the mechanisms that we use to teach them have now changed. For instance, you know, kids have iPads. They've got all these cool graphics. You know, they have video games that make it seem like they're right there present in the room with, you know, whatever the game, whatever the screen says. So it's really hard to compete with that when you're, uh, you know, we used to be able to sit down and just read a passage and the kids were into it and they used their imagination and they could be right there. Well, that's harder now because they're more geared and wired toward the visual side of things. So we've had to make a transition there. We've also had to transition because children's attention spans are not what they used to be. And so those are things that are always evolving. They they used to be short and now they're shorter. Now they're shorter. (laughs) So we're trying to adjust. We still teach the same principles I mean, the Bible hasn't changed as far as, you know, the stories and the things that the principles we want the kids to learn. But our way of presenting it has had to change. But it's no different than, you know, when Paul and Peter preached, it's different than the way you preach today. It's not that the message has changed, but the way we deliver it has changed. Same thing with the kids. We've had to change the way we deliver it. And you've seen a lot of kids go through this program, haven't you? I have. In fact, graduation Sunday a couple of weeks ago, I figured out that those kiddos that graduated from high school last week, they were going into the four-year-old preschool class when I started my position here. Wow. So I've had the privilege of watching a lot of kids grow up. Huh. And it has been a privilege. Something that's different about children's ministry is that we do a lot of the sowing. You know, we do a lot of the seed planting and the watering. But usually those blooms happen when they're older. So I continue to to share with my volunteers and with my team that our job is to do the work that needs to be done. So we don't see a lot of transformation. You don't see a lot of, you know, life transformation in the kiddos. But we in faith know that it's coming if we do our job well. It might not happen until they're in high school, 
they may have spiritual milestones when they're at camp in youth group, but we know that that's partially because we did our job, the job that God gave us to do. But our job is behind the scenes with the littles. You know, there's a there is a huge. Um, what am I trying to say? It, whenever you're building a house, the cement foundation part is the most crucial. If you do it too fast, it's not going to be right. If you do it too slow, it's not going to be right. You've got to make sure it cures right. You got to make sure everything's in place. And those guys, they just they build foundations. They don't even know what the whole house is going to look like. So I I can just see how you know it. It could be a little frustrating because you don't know what your work is, what kind of impact you're making. But have you seen people that have really responded to the work you've done? God's been able to do through you. What have you have you seen that? Oh yes, because I look for it. You know, I'm constantly looking for those moments. You know, when you see that breakthrough and some fun examples. Um, you know, Brady Floyd just graduated yeah. this past week, and I remember the first time I ever saw him. He came because I'd invited his mom to come to a back-to-school blessing that we had, and he came, and I'll never forget this little guy over there behind the tree, and I didn't recognize him, and so I went over to visit with him, brought him over, fed him a couple of hot dogs, and had the chance to, to talk and, and visit with him. And I thought about this just this week. That moment was so important because I feel like I had a part of bringing him into the life of this church, which he ended up being a wonderful part of the life of this church. And we have moments like that that sometimes if we're not paying attention, we can overlook. So that was one thing that was really exciting. You know, I go to camp and have worked with the youth for many of those of the years that I've been here. And I've been able to be there to witness when some of those milestones do finally occur. That I know we sowed those seeds way back when those kiddos were little. And so I've been able to be there and witness a lot of that. And our uh, children's ministry, one of our main goals is to equip the kids so that they will thrive when they get to the youth ministry and to the college ministry. And it's fun when we see those transitions happen. It's fun being a part of a team with the youth ministry and the college ministry to watch in the formation of the lives of these people into amazing adults. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Well, on top of the things that you do each and every day, the top of what you've been able to do here over the last 15 years, you know, you're also, you're also a woman in the midst of a culture that has been primarily dominated by men. I mean, are you the first female minister that this church has had? As far as I know. Yeah, so you paved the way there in, in, in a lot of ways. So how has that been challenging? Can I ask that without us all getting in trouble? <laughs> well, I think it's been more rewarding than challenging, yeah. honestly. I, I like working with men. You know, I even when I was in high school, most of my friends were guys. <laughs> so um, I've always known how to have you know, that relationship, that friend relationship. And for the most part, it's been great. I enjoy working with the men. I, in some ways, think that I fit in a little bit better working with men. It's always been a great and supportive environment here. So, you know, the challenges for me have been that that just like I've been a full-time minister, I was also a full-time mom. 
And being a full-time mom requires everything you have to give. And so I guess the only challenges would have been when I had things I needed to be taken care of for my own kids, but yet I had responsibilities for, you know, 700 other people's kids. So that would sometimes be a challenge. But honestly, um, my family has always supported what I've done. And... uh, it's been great, really. Yeah. It really has been great. We used to tease back maybe five, I don't know, five, ten years ago. But we used to tease about this because whenever the day ended and all the other ministers, you know, went home and the day was over, my day was just starting. I had laundry to do and supper to cook and homework to do. And so those years were really hard, trying to do both things well. Yeah. But um, I couldn't be more pleased that I raised both my kids in this church. Yeah, they're good kids. Yeah, I think so. I'm real proud of them. Well, what else is is do you think is is uh, kind of goes unnoticed by our by our church family? I think the work that our coordinators do uh, many times goes unnoticed, especially for those who who actually are volunteering and helping to sow those seeds. Those that are teachers or helpers or whatever it is that they're doing to help with our ministry. When they show up to teach class, everything's done. Their curriculum is there. The supplies are collected. Things are cut out. I mean, we we make it very, very, very simple for the teachers. And sometimes I see that maybe the coordinator's job, the job that they do, is unseen. They're here all throughout the week. They're the first ones in the classrooms. You know, we're turning lights on. And and so uh, I think sometimes just the coordinator's People think that they just show up on Sunday or they just show up on Wednesday, but they're here all week preparing, and they do it because they love it, and they love those kids. Yeah. So, And just the amount of teachers. You know, most people don't know that if we're fully staffed, it fully staffed for everything that we want to do and having teachers, helpers, and plenty of each, it would take about 300 people to not have to have duplicates. Huh. Duplicates. And a lot of those are duplicates. We have the same people that teach Sunday morning that, that help with VBS. But it's a lot of manpower. And so um, I don't think, I never realized that, how much manpower it took really to take care of the kiddos. And it does. It, it takes a village. It takes a, it takes a lot of people to be able to manage something like this. It does. And, you know, if I can say one thing that I would love to communicate to the parents out there that have children in the children's ministry is that, you know, we are here to help them to nurture spiritual principles in their children. But just like if you're part of a Little League baseball team and they send the roster around and say, okay, sign up to be the team mom or sign up to, you know, work the dugout or whatnot. There is an expectation, and the parents just do it. They sign up to be to be the snack mom one game. They sign up to to manage the chaos of the of the dugout. And so, I want parents to know that we really do need them. That we need them to take a turn, and it it can be a small turn. But if everyone will do a little bit, then the kids will get the quality and the quantity of of discipleship that we hope for them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I could talk about that for a little while, but <laughs> it does. It takes it. I think if uh, everyone participated, 
in one way or another. I think this would, would be surprising at, at, you know, the growth you would begin to see, not only the kids, but also in the families and in the church. Right, and I mentioned to you earlier today, you know, you don't have to be qualified to teach in the nursery or preschool or in the children's classes. I wasn't qualified. I learned the Bible in the years that I taught children's ministry in my previous church. I learned the Bible and grew to have a hunger and thirst for God's Word because I was volunteering. And I had to learn that stuff to teach the kids. It's a great way to learn. It's a great way to learn and to grow. So anyone can do it. I also uh, really admire people like Josie that, you know, I want to say two weeks before she passed away, she was upstairs on a Wednesday night. She never quit giving. And I admire that so much about her and others who have not made the excuse that, well, you know, I'm, I'm old or I put my time in when my kids were young or, you know, she just, she was one of those people. And we have so many like her. We do have so many wonderful volunteers. We've not ever had to cancel class because we didn't have a teacher. We might have to ask a lot of people, but we have had the, the true blessing of always having teachers for all of our classes, and that's been great. Well, I, for one, appreciate what you do, and you. I know that there's still a lot, um, a lot more that you do. You didn't really get into the details, but, but <laughs> no. that's okay. That's okay. I, I think we get the idea that, that there's a lot that goes into this, and I appreciate that, and I think our kids appreciate it, and I think our, our, our families appreciate it, but, um, but is there anything you'd like to say, Any anything else about kind of this church family, or... Well, you know, if I do my job correctly, no one will notice it, and that's my goal. Yeah. If I do it well enough, no one will notice. If I'm making mistakes, people will notice, oh, things are going on. But I think the main thing that I would like to say is just thank you to all of the hundreds of people that have blessed our kids throughout all these years because it has been hundreds of people that have touched the lives of those children, and we may never know the impact so a thank you to all of those people even if it's a small thing they've done because I don't think God wastes anything that we do out of love and kindness and it will have an impact even if we can't see it yet that's all well thank you Lois Power um, children's and women's minister for Johnson Street and uh, I will put the plug in if you're looking for a place to serve talk to her She'll put you to work. Uh, thank you for now. We'll talk to you soon. To hear more from Johnson Street Church of Christ, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or simply visit us at johnsonstreetchurch.org.